Today is the last Sunday that we're using this current building and we want to take time in our service to thank and honour God for everything he has done both in this place and also from this place over the 150 years in this building and the 229 years on this site. Over this time this building has been the gathering place of Gold Hill Baptist Church and um, over the years God has done amazing things. Lives have been transformed, disciples made, people baptised. I'm standing just over the baptism pool, just here. People have been sent to the other side of the world in order to share the good news. People have been married. I was married just in, in front of me, uh, just there. I wonder if that was the same for you. And in this building, loved ones have been honoured and released into God's eternal care. This is a building that has memories. And right at the start of this message, I want us to pray. Lord God, we give you thanks. As our verse for the year says, not to us, Lord, not to us, but to your name be the glory because of your love and your faithfulness. And as we leave here, God, we want to give you all the glory for what you have done. Help us as we leave. Bring comfort, Lord, and strength to those who are sad. And bind us together as a family as we move forwards. In Jesus' name, Amen. As I said, this is a building that has memories. What is it that stands out for you? What things linked to this building are you especially thankful to God for? What are your memories of being here? Are you someone that turned and believed in Jesus for the first time in this building? Or are you one of the many that have been baptised in this pool over the years? Maybe like, like, like me, uh, you were married here. Or this building has been a significant place of encountering God. That you found this building to be a thin space between heaven and earth. A place of encounter where you've met our ever-loving and all-powerful Father God. A space of intimacy, of openness with God and with his family worshipping and praying, weeping and laughing. What are your memories of this place that you will cherish as we move from here? Before we unpack uh, some verses from, from Joshua chapter 4 that Helen read for us, I want to briefly remind us or, or help us make note of two things. First of all, we are moving, not closing. We give thanks to God that although our use of this building is coming to an end, we are not closing, we are moving. And I know that this is pretty obvious if you're part of our church family, but it's really important to note and give thanks to God for. In the West, pre-pandemic, more churches closed in 2019 than, than, than opened. And now, as we, well, as we hopefully come to the, the later stages of the pandemic, it's likely that some churches in the UK and, and, and around the world will permanently close their doors, either due to, to members passing away or, or loss of income uh, through giving or renting rooms, etc. And the church closes. But for us, we are not closing, we are moving. And it's something to give thanks to God for. Secondly, and, I, and, and again, I know that this is obvious. We're moving forwards, not backwards. 
As we move sites from here down the road to the hub, we're moving forwards following God's leading. We're not simply stepping back into church as it was pre-2020, but stepping into the next season of our church's history. And it's important to note this for a few reasons. First of all, it keeps us looking to God for his leading. For in the words of Joshua chapter 3 verse 4, we've not been this way before. So we better keep our eyes on God's. Joshua, in, uh, in, the, in the book of Joshua and in his leadership, he shows us a model of this kind of leading forwards, keeping our eyes fixed on God's. Secondly, it keeps us humble. Remembering that we're moving forwards and not backwards keeps us humble. This church has existed in Charlfont St. Peter since 1774. I am the church's 22nd senior leader. Leaders have gone before me and leaders will come after me. I'm just part of a story. There have been congregations before us and there will be congregations after us. We're part of a story. My task, and more importantly, our task as a church family, is to carry the mantle that God has given us for this season, for our season. To lead forwards, not just move backwards, um, but to lead forwards to humbly and faithfully follow the direction God is leading us. Honouring what God has done in the church's history and partnering uh, with him in what he wants us to do in the church's future. So as we give thanks to God for what he's done, and aim faithfully uh, to follow him forwards. Let's now take a look at Joshua 4 to see what helpful lessons there are. Joshua 4 is a passage that describes the people of God moving on from one place to another. They've gone from Egypt into the wilderness and now from the wilderness they're about to enter the promised land. They're a people on the move and like us as a church God has given them vision And on the way, he's provided the provision. And now as they cross the River Jordan, they step into the promises that God has said. As they cross over the Jordan River, they leave behind their wandering in their wilderness. They leave behind their fears and the failures. They leave behind those that have passed away. And they step forwards into new territory. And as they step forwards, God instructs them to set up a memorial of, well, in the form of 12 stones to act as a testimony to what God has done and therefore what God is is like. Let's have a look at verses four to seven. So Joshua called together the 12 men he had appointed from, from the Israelites, one from each tribe. And he said to them, go over before the ark of the Lord your God into the middle of the Jordan. Each of you is to take up a stone on his shoulder according to the number of tribes of the Israelites to serve as a sign among you. In the future, when your children ask you, what do these stones mean? Tell them that the flow of the Jordan was cut off before the Ark of the Covenant of the Lord. When it crossed the Jordan, the waters of the Jordan were cut off. These stones are to be a memorial to the people of Israel forever. The stones were there to be a testimony. The instruction is given by God uh, and Joshua gives it to the people. And then we read it being fulfilled in verse 20 to 24. Let's read read them as well. And Joshua set up at Gilgal uh, the 12 stones that they had taken out of the Jordan. 
He said to the Israelites, in the future when your descendants ask their parents, what do these stones mean? Tell them, Israel crossed the Jordan on dry ground. For the Lord your God dried up the Jordan before you until uh, you had crossed over. The Lord your God did to the Jordan what he had done to the Red Sea when he dried it up before us uh, until we had crossed over. And he did this so that all the peoples of the earth might know that the hand of the Lord is powerful and so that you always might fear the Lord your God. The stones were to act as a testimony to the greatness of God's. They are memory joggers. They're like a testimony tower prompt for, a gen- for generations to come as well as the current generation as to what God is like and what he had done so that all peoples of the earth might know that the hand of the Lord is powerful, as it says in verse 24. So as we move from here, we give God all the thanks and praise and we also intentionally remember testimony of what God has done and what he is like. We're not going to set up 12 stones as a memorial or a testimony tower, but we do have an opportunity to put testimony into a time capsule that can go in to the new building and be opened in years to come. However, if we were to have 12 stones and each stone represented a testimony that you have discovered about God in this place. What would be written on yours? What testimony to God would you put on, uh, put, put on the stone? What would they symbolise? What would be the stones that, that you would want to be reminded of and to tell others about what God has done in this place, in this building, through this church family? This is the beginnings of my list, and I encourage you to write your own. First of all, stone number one is all about Jesus. This church is unashamedly about Jesus. When the foundation stone of this building 151 years ago was laid on the 14th of June, 1870, The passage of the sermon delivered that day was 1 Corinthians chapter 2 verse 2, which says, For I resolved to know nothing while I was with you except Jesus Christ and him crucified. Jesus is the centre of our church. He's the reason that we're here. Without him, everything falls apart. With him, everything has life and meaning. This church is about Jesus and has aimed to lift him high and make him known. So stone number one on my list is Jesus. Stone number two would would have written on it the word of God, the Bible. We are a church that God has called to hold on to the authority of his word and to teach it as the word of God. I wonder how many sermons you have heard since you first came to this church. I wonder how many sermons have been preached in this building where I'm standing now since 1871 or on this site since 1792. We might not remember every one of those sermons, but so many of us are part of this church. We belong to this church family. We've come to this church building because this church holds on to the word of God as the word of God. 
and we teach it and apply it to our lives. Stone number three would have written on it, um, encountering God's Holy Spirit. This is a place that I, and, and I know many others, have had beautiful and powerful encounters with the Holy Spirit. As I look around, I, I, I have memories of weeping on my knees, of just feeling at complete peace or joy because I was meeting with God's Spirit or seeing others just meeting with God. So my third testimony stone would be meeting God's Holy Spirit. I wonder what would be on your stones. Other things that I would put on, on our stones would be that um, prayer and God calling us to be a church family uh, that's a house of prayer for all nations. Uh, another stone would be mission sending uh, or missionary sending a church that over the years God has sent people to right around the globe to make him known. And because of what God has done here, people have known about Jesus elsewhere in the world because people have been sent from here. My sixth stone, and I'll just share this one. Um, I, I don't have a completed list at the moment, but I will be keeping on doing it. My sixth one was, um, is a testimony about communion. Meeting with God through, through symbols of bread and wine. And soon after I became a pastor here, I, I was leading a communion service on a Thursday. And I, I'd given the cup to different people and the cup was quite full. And I was going to take a polite sip. But I felt God say, just drink deeply. Deeply drink in my love for you. Encounter me through these the symbols of bread and wine. And in this building, at that moment, I had a fresh encounter of the depth of God's love for me, his generosity and heart for me. What would be on your stones? Maybe it's, it would be something about baptism or, or the loving community or worship times or outreach like Time Breaker or Pop-In or Restored Lives or the Sharing Project things that God has done and we want to lift him high and give him the glory for so that others will know the love and the power of the hand of God. Those 12 stones, that tower of stones was to be a testimony reminder for the community, for generations to come. But there were actually two piles of stones created that day. In the majority of translations of this passage, it strongly suggests that two piles of stones were made. One that God had instructed Joshua and the community to set up. That's the one um, that was set up in Gilgal. And then there's another one that Joshua sets up in the river. Verse 9 in uh, the majority of translations and in the NIV has a footnote saying this. That Joshua also set up 12 stones in the middle of the Jordan at the spot where the priests who carried the Ark of the Covenant had stood, and they're there to this day. Why does Joshua set up a pile of stones in the middle of the river? Why set up a pile of stones when they'll just be covered over? Was he simply savouring the moment of the water being piled up and the people safely getting across? Was he just saying, um, in, the, in the midst of the miracle, thank you, God. Why did he set them up? Scripture doesn't tell us exactly why he did it. 
But as I've reflected on it and prayed through, let me just share some of my thoughts. I think he created his own private memorial. As a leader of God's people, he, he, he set up his own testimony tower, his own stones of surrender. This is the memorial that no one else would see as the waters would cover it over. It is private, personal, thanksgiving and commitment, representing the people, but also representing himself. These were unmarked stones of gratitude, the unseen promises of commitment and faith. These stones were him laying down personal loss, maybe the loss he felt as Moses had died. This was him laying down hurt and pain that he had because those that hadn't made it um, that, that far, those that were no longer with them. From this point on, Joshua knew that he was stepping into the unknown and he was leading. And Joshua was taking a moment to pause in the middle of the miracle, the miracle of God's leading. And he just recognised that God was with him. And he wanted to give thanks, lay some things down and make certain commitments and promises. I don't know exactly whether that's what Joshua did and why he did it. But as I have read that, I've been encouraged as we move from this building to not just make a community testimony tower, but to also make my own personal ones. What am I thankful to God for? What commitments am I making now as we move forwards together? What things am I laying down in order to follow God's leading more freely and fully? Joshua recognised that it would only be through his trusting in the God of miracles, in the land of promise, that um, that land would be delivered into their hands. So maybe as he knelt and put the stones on top of one another, he was saying, God, in the midst of this miracle, of what you're doing, I put my trust in you. I build my faith on you once again. I surrender my life to you, God, before moving forwards. I wonder if as we leave this building today, if God is prompting you to take time personally, to both give some personal thanksgiving, lay things down and make certain commitments to move forwards. The stones didn't just act as a testimony or memorial though. They became a foundation. The Gilgal camp where, where they were instructed to build uh, the, the community pile of stones was going to be the launch pad into the promised land. It was not going to be easy. There would be battles and obstacles ahead, hence the need for warriors to be with them as we read in verse 13. They were in the land, but they needed to step up and, and take hold of what was promised them. Obstacles and battles lay ahead, but their foundation was God is able. Their foundation was the testimony of what God has done and revealed about himself, that God is powerful, that God is mighty, that God is leading them, that God is with them, that God can do and will do amazing things. That God is wanting them to step into his promises. What God had done became the foundation from which they stepped forward into their future. 
And as we move forwards as a church family, it is crucial for us to know our foundation, to know what God has done so that we can um, have, have a, a rock on which we move forwards from. If we can see where God is leading us, but we can't remember the great things that God has done in scripture and also in our own stories, we're more likely to lose heart and to struggle, to give up. We need a foundation for our faith. And that is who God has already revealed himself to be. What we know of him already, what he has already done, what he's done in our his history, because our history is actually his story anyway. The testimonies and our memories of what God has done in this building need to become our foundations for what God will do in the future. We build on the past. We don't live in the past, but we honour what God has done before, what he's done before our time, before our season. We give him thanks for everything he's done. And from that foundation, with our faith increased, as a result of recalling what he's done, we move forwards. Our understanding of his story, as in God's story, of what he has done, becomes our firm foundation to launch from, to step forwards together as a church. I don't believe that the people of Israel would have been so ready to simply march around Jericho, around the walls of Jericho, uh, as we see in, uh, in chapter 6, if they hadn't experienced the power of God who caused the river uh, Jordan to stop flowing so that they could cross. The miracle that God, uh, that God did in getting them across the river became the foundation for their faith to march around Jericho. I don't think they would have followed Joshua so closely if they hadn't experienced his leadership at the river and his reliance on God's leading and the provision of the miracle. The stones that you and I put down as testimony of what God has done need to be allowed to become the foundation stones to what God will do as we move forwards. Let me share one story from before any of our time in this building. This is one story, one testimony from our history of God's story in this building that can act as a foundation for us. In December 1828, Mr Ives, who was the young pastor of this church, called the church family into a period of prayer and fasting for God to call people to himself. Other Baptist churches locally around the west of London were doing the same at that time. And they prayed and they fasted. And a few months, a few months later, the church reported 11 baptisms and four others who had returned to God. Two years later, another 10 were baptised. And over the next seven years, the church grew 153%. Isn't that amazing? 153% growth over seven years. This story is from our church history. This building. Doesn't it inspire you? Doesn't it make you think, what if God were to do a similar move again in our, our time? A similar growth, a similar calling of people who are far from him to himself. If God were to do the same growth rate over the next seven years, we would have over 600 new followers of Jesus amongst us. Our church would look rather different. Dare we pray that? Dare we pray and, and believe for, for more? More than 153%? Dare we pray that God could do that? 
Our history as a church is testimony to God. And our history as a church is a foundation to move forwards from together. This narrative in Joshua shows us that God can part waters for a whole people group to cross on dry ground. It shows us that God is able, that God is mighty. God wants, to give test, uh, wants us to give testimony about him, to tell others of his greatness. What testimony will you tell of God in this place? And God wants us to move forwards from this building, building on the foundation of what he's already done and seeing him do new and amazing things in this next season as a church family. I want us to take some time praying into that. Let's pray together. Father God, we want to just thank you and thank you and thank you for everything that you have done in this building over the many, many years, over the centuries that your people called Gold Hill Baptist Church have met in this building. I thank you, God, for the countless lives that have been impacted by the preaching of your word here, by encountering your Holy Spirit here, by being brought into community of love in this place. I thank you for the, the lives that have been impacted by the people sent from here. I thank you, God, for all the testimonies um, that you have given us because you are alive and active and have been alive and active in this building, in this place, through your people. And God, as we move on from here, I pray that those testimonies of what you have done will become a foundation for what you will do, a foundation for our faith, a foundation for our inspiration, a foundation of our boldness, that we can stand and say, our God is mighty, our God is powerful, our God has done great things in our past and is going to do great things in our future and in our present. God, I pray that as we move forwards together, that we will be moving forwards together as one church. Bring us together, God, in your great name, under your great power and love. And as we move forwards on this strong foundation, build your kingdom through us. I pray, God, for all those people who are alive in our, our community that were once part of this church, but for whatever reason left this building and didn't come back. I pray, God, for a season of return of those who have wandered. I pray, God, that there will be a season of repentance a, a, well, a culture of repentance, not just those who are coming back to you, but each of us coming back to you and coming back to you and coming back to you with our minds renewed, our, us turning over to you and turning back to you time and time and time again. And I pray that as we repent and as people repent, there'll be a season of refreshing as well as that season of returning. And God, I pray for new, new lives, new souls, people who at the moment don't know you and are walking away from you, are so far from you. And I pray that you bring them to yourself as we move forwards as a church family. I pray for a season of, of growth, of love within this church family, that we care for one another in a way that we've not, not even experienced before, that there'll be a closeness, a close, a, even a, a closer bond of pastoring and caring within our community but also that you'll grow a love for those who aren't yet part of our family so that we will see you do amazing things and see lives transformed and you will add to our family. And as our children and our children's children ask, what was this building about? 
as we drive past, as we walk past, as people ask, what was this building about? We can say that God moved in that place and that God moved his people from that place and did amazing things. And people met Jesus as a result of God moving. God, we give you the glory. We give you our lives. We give you our church. And we ask you to move us for your glory. Amen.